Welcome, movie fans, to the Merc with the Movie Blog Summer Film Challenge Midsummer Update. I am back. I am Josh the Merc Rainer here once again with Seth Singleton and Brad Felicki, who joined me on the uh, beginning of this amazing challenge. Guys, say hello. Hello. Hello, hello. All right. So I think we should just get into it. This summer, honestly, hasn't been that great. Uh, at least domestic-wise. Really, some of the numbers that I've been seeing, not not the highest. Uh, kind of not quite where uh, I was thinking that they would be. Some of the movies that have come out did not quite perform the way uh, some of us had uh, predicted that they would. Uh, so I think that uh, we should kind of get into the top ten and see where we are points-wise. All right. The number ten for this summer so far is Dark Phoenix with 64.3 million have any of you seen this one yet i have not i have okay seth i have not no so brad what were your thoughts on let's get a just a little quick uh, quick thoughts on you know i think it was a bit of a wasted opportunity uh i i felt like they kind of went into this not knowing it was going to be the last fox x-men movie so it kind of really fell flat. Uh, the villains weren't the best, um, but I, I I still enjoyed like Michael Fassbender's performance and uh, Jessica Chastain is usually really good. She was okay, but her character was kind of an, you know it was kind of another wasted opportunity there. So it was not it was not great. But maybe I'm a little more forgiving than a lot of people are with it. But that's kind of yeah it was kind of man had they known it was going to be the last fox x-men movie they might have tried a little harder story-wise yeah it's kind of what i've been hearing from from a lot of people and honestly i think even, no matter what even if it if it you know since it is or if it wasn't going to be the last x-men they should have tried their hardest anyways you know yeah. but you know kind of is what it is all right. So yeah, our yeah. it's a little oh, bit wait. difficult. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. just going to say with, with that one, I mean, the struggle for me to even get in to see it was I, I didn't feel a sort of like emotional pull towards it when I was watching the previews. And that already set me at a, you know, a mindset of, OK, what are they trying to do with this movie? And why is that worth it for me to go see it? You know, and that was yeah. the challenge because I knew there would be parts of it that I would want to experience in the big screen. I feel like all of the the newer versions of this X-Men story have been worth seeing on a larger screen. But this time around, I was just thinking to myself, this is a story I've seen done. And also, uh, where's the draw? Where's the, the big emotional pull for me? And, and I didn't feel that that big connection to it. And I'm curious to see, you know, when I finally do see it, if I'm going to think, hey, I should have seen it in the movies and, you know, maybe I missed an opportunity. But it, it sounds like from what Brad's saying, it's actually the film that missed the opportunity, my friend. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like like you were saying, you know, with the emotional, you know, not having that emotional draw, I think it really stems from not being connected to these characters uh, because they were just brought in, you know, the new Jean Grey, the new Scott Summers, they were just brought in, in the previous movie, which wasn't well received. And they weren't really the main focus of, of that movie. So you really didn't get a whole lot of time to connect with these actors as these characters. So agreed, agreed. And another thing is, is like the, the characters that people really loved in the, the Fox X-Men movies were not even there. 
<laughs> Deadpool, no Wolverine. And that did not help the situation either. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to our num- to the number nine domestic uh, film. That's Men in Black International with 69.5 million domestic. Uh, this is another one that I have not seen. I'm going to preface right now, real quick. I've only seen, of the top ten, I've only seen four of the of the top ten. haven't been able to get out uh, to see a whole bunch uh, over this summer, so uh, I was just kind of preface with that. But have either of you seen uh, the new Men in Black? I have, yes. Okay. Yeah. I have not. Okay. So, uh, Brad, why don't you give your thoughts? Uh, it was it was fun. Uh, I think that this was a movie that was kind of um, – I, I, you know, I didn't have high expectations for it going in. And when that happens, I tend to enjoy movies a little more. So I just expected a fun popcorn men in black movie. And, and that's what I got. Um, I, so I don't really have any, I, I, I don't really have any complaints. I wouldn't say it was a great men in black movie, but it was fun. Okay. I mean, for me, I've, I saw the first two and I, and, and I really enjoyed those. And I only saw like half of the third one. I never fed. I still haven't finished watching it. Uh, maybe one of these days I'll get around to it. But uh, it, what do you think? How do you compare the, this one to the others uh, in the franchise? Uh, I, I would say it was probably better than three, but not as good as one and two. So, OK, uh, that's where that's where I put it in my in my list. OK. Uh, Seth, any thoughts? I only that you know I, I think Brad sort of uh, you know addressed the same expectation that I would have uh, whether I end up getting a chance to see it on the big screen or, or wait until it's uh, you know something I can see on the smaller one here at home um, you know there's this idea that Men in Black you know enjoyed the success that it did because it didn't take itself too seriously and this movie seems to be following that same sort of formula in you know showing uh <laughs> showing the man we've come to associate with thor being a little bit kind of a goofball kind of a you know screw up a little bit more of the silly thor that we saw in you know in his second movie or third movie and beyond um you know that idea that that we can sort of get to see them play off each other and also play off sort of the the tropes that we know from men in black but but going beyond that uh i I think having anything higher than that for an expectation would only make it easier for you to be disappointed. And it sounds like Brad went in with the right attitude, which is what I, I, I'm planning on keeping, whether I get to see it in the big screen still or not. All right. All right. So on to our number eight it is Rocket Man, the uh, Elton John biopic. It came in with 87.2 million. Uh, this is one, unfortunately, I have not uh, gotten a chance to see. I really want to. It was one of my uh, most anticipated. I just unfortunately did not get a chance to go out and see this one. So, uh, Brad and Seth, did either of you get to see Rocket Man? I did. Okay. I, I did not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm in a similar boat as Josh. I have not seen a lot of movies this time around. I'm going to preface a lot by just saying, hey, man, it's just a funny time. <laughs> you know, All right, me, Brad. So it's, it's all about the AMC A-list. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, and if, I had, if I had really, an AMC I mean, that was uh, closer than an hour and a half from my house, I would totally yeah. get that. <laughs> yeah, and that's, why, that's why I'm sitting here seeing all these movies that working at evenings helps. But um, Rocket Man, <laughs> I did like it, but it felt kind of flat for me, and I'm still trying to figure out why. Hmm. Um. Uh, I think that um, 
Bohemian Rhapsody had a little more resonance with me. And, you know, and I, and I don't really know why, except that maybe it was the more musical presentation uh, that Rocketman had. It was presented like a musical, and that kind of fell flat, because when it comes right down to it, I like Elton John and Queen's music equally. So there was, it's not like I like one of them better than the other. Um, I, I just had a little hard time uh, emotionally attaching to the movie. I'm still kind of trying to figure out why that is. But I, I, I think that saying that, that most people will like it. So if you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. Yeah, I, I, I really want to see it. The trailers make it look great. So I, I've been really looking forward to it. Uh, and, and I love Elton John and his music and everything like that. So uh, it's one I'll definitely, hopefully at some point soon, be able to check out. Uh, Seth, what about you? What were your thoughts on the whole situation? Oh, when it comes to this movie, it's one that I still want to see, although, Brad, I appreciate you mentioning that it came off more as a musical, because that's something that I, I didn't really uh, gain when I was watching the previews for it. I mean, I, I had the sense that it was going to be very similar to, uh, oh, goodness, I'm just going to butcher them, the one with yeah, the uh, Queen biopic. Well, Thank you. Oh, goodness. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I couldn't think of that name, so I'm like, okay, think of the band. Can't think of the band. Think of Freddie Mercury. All right, man, get there. Just find the thread, man, and get there. So I got there. So yeah, with Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, I felt that it was this would be the competing biopic. This would be the competing story about, you know, a really iconic band that, that came to prominence from the 70s and, and had this lasting power, you know, even to now. And the idea that it's a musical is going to make me think about it, you know, just uh, interpret it differently and also sort of go in there expecting like this. This is going to have some of those qualities that you can, I guess, um, anticipate more from a musical than you might from other, you know, storytelling forms in movie. Whether, you know, you, you go with the, the bio style or kind of docudrama feeling, but. I'm just intrigued now just about how how that musical element works with this story of Rocketman. And now I'm just curious, too, about about the emotional, you know, sort of, you know, connection or, or where it falls flat, like, a, you know, to use a bad pun, like a flat note where, where that comes in at. You know what I mean? Uh, because that that could be really interesting simply because when I was thinking about it, like Queen Queen's one of those bands that, you know, I felt like I always heard them growing up. We are the champions. Um, certain songs where it was just everywhere. Like every sport event I watched through the 80s and into the early 90s, that was a song that was playing somewhere as part of the buildup. It was, you know, um, and all these other parts, whether it's from Wayne's World or other parts where I was like, wow, that, that kind of hit right during my formative years that that was really a prominent thing going on. Um, you know, and I don't remember that as much with Elton John until I, I got old enough, you know, and I started seeing things like Almost Famous or things where his music yeah, started to really right. get on the public scene. Seth, you might have just hit the nail on the head. Because you're <laughs> absolutely right. Because that was exactly also when I got turned on more to Queen, Wayne's World and things like that. And really, I didn't discover Elton John until later in my college years, you know, because in those formative years, Elton John was like the Disney guy. So I was like, nah, I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> yeah. And then it wasn't until... You Can you feel the love like, tonight? <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, it was later that you discovered like Tiny Dancer and, and all that. So yeah, you, you might have hit the nail right on the head. That kind of cleared things up for me, <laughs> actually. 
Yeah, you know, maybe, you know, I think, you know, I can think of the songs by Elton John that I love, Yellow Brick Road, you know, so many great ones. But also when I think about when I actually became aware of them, it wasn't until I was older. Whereas with, you know, Queen, I can remember hearing We Will Rock You um, just all over the place, like stomping it on the bleachers when I was like in the fifth yeah. grade, you know, not really clear of what I'm yammering about, but it's cool. And there's a guitar, you know, I don't know, man, maybe that's just all it takes to <laughs> make Bohemian Rhapsody attach itself to the heart and soul like that. But, uh, you know, I, I want to see rocket man just because of the things you brought up there. So I appreciate that, man. That's a different way for me to look at that movie when I get a chance to see it. All right. And our number seven, was Godzilla King of the Monsters uh, with $107.4 million. Uh, I still have not seen the first Godzilla, uh, so I did not go and see this one yet. Uh, have either of you gone and seen uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters? I have. Not. I have. Okay. <laughs> yet again, I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad, take it away. Oh, man. Lead us. Uh, you know, this is another one of those expectation movies. I went into this with, I just want, like, a big drag out fight just big monsters destroying stuff just bring it on and you know that's what i got <laughs> uh, it, um so i really enjoyed it and i don't there's something i want to talk about that's a bit of a spoiler but so i don't know if i totally should since you guys haven't seen it oh it does bother me i don't know about Seth, but oh man i don't know who's going to be listening you know um. yeah i would just say that they they um <laughs> They put in references to what could be coming next and or what should be or what they were planning on coming. Well, next. I mean, they've but already filmed uh, Godzilla versus Kong. They so have. They filmed it. OK, good. Yeah, yeah, they've already filmed it. So it is, I mean, they, I guess they announced all that. So, yeah. OK, because I didn't know, you know, I, I from what I understand, it didn't do as good as they were expecting. So, yeah, the idea of a sequel was kind of in doubt. So yeah. that's good. Okay. It's just whether or not it goes past that. Who knows? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. And Seth, is this a movie that you were interested in seeing? You know, I was intrigued simply because, uh, you know, as Brad pointed out, I mean, I want to see, you know, I want to see a, a real portrayal of Godzilla and all those classic monsters in a way that made them feel so impressive when I, I first experienced them and thought, oh my gosh, could you imagine if there was crazy monsters like this tearing up the place where you live? That would be insane. <laughs> um, and I think that would still be a draw. Um, mostly though, I was I was sort of just interested in the fact that I, I, I want to see how much better it is than, I think he called it the first one. Were you referring to the one with Matthew Broderick from like uh like 98 yeah no or, i haven't seen godzilla the one from i think it was 2014 because oh, this is the sequel gotcha. to that so yeah. so much better than the matthew broderick one so. yes oh thank goodness I'm, sh okay. I'm sure i haven't even seen it and i can tell you it probably yeah because <laughs> that's my only frame of reference that one really scarred me i was hoping for a lot and when i saw it i just was all i kept thinking to myself was well, why why would you do why would you do this to such a great, you know, product? So when I saw this newest preview, I was really, you know, the, when the trailer came out, my my coworker was like, hey, man, you got to check this out real quick on break. So he shows it to me and I said, that actually looks pretty good. OK, you know, now I'm intrigued and I haven't had a chance to get in to see it. But 
what I saw looked really good. It sounds like it was the big visual, you know, spectacle that I could hope for based on Brad's description. Um, whether I get a chance to actually, you know, get in and see it before it's not available in my local theater, no guarantees, but, uh, I, I am intrigued. And, and also I, I'm wondering what it is that, that maybe we can see, or I can tell also, you know, miss the mark on this one, because if they've already filmed a sequel, they must've been, you know, anticipating or believing that something was going to work out correctly. And I, I wonder where the equation kind of, you know, doesn't hit it. So yeah. uh, I've, I've got some questions about this one and that's not always a bad thing. Yeah. I think with, with the movies like this, it's really that foreign box office that, that they're banking on uh, ah. more, more so than uh, the domestic. Uh, I mean, when you look at a movie like uh, Pacific Rim, you know, it didn't do great here, but it did really well overseas, and that's how it got uh, a sequel made. So, you know, just just because the film doesn't do great over here doesn't necessarily mean that you know we won't see more from the franchise. And obviously, you know, they like I said, they already had done, you know, they have already finished filming the sequel. So, uh, we'll definitely see that no matter what. Gotcha. Hmm. And, right. and just to let you guys know, if you do see it, there is a post-credit scene. Okay. Ah, hey. Nice. Good heads up on that one. All right. And rounding out our bottom five is a new film that just came out a few days ago, Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, I have not gotten out to see it. I plan on seeing it this uh, coming week. Uh, it has brought in already, as of today, we're recording on Saturday, uh, July 7th has already brought in $123.9 million, and I'm sure it will do gangbusters uh, today and tomorrow to bring in mm. a lot more and push it up on this list. So uh, have either of you had the chance in the last couple of days to go out and see the new Spider-Man film? I have uh, not. <laughs> I have, I have. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so let's give us uh, some non-spoilery uh, thoughts on that one, Brad. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Uh, it was a great time at the movies, uh, and it was kind of a, a lift me up after the sadder moments of Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, this was funny, and I and I kind of you know I really liked what they did with Mysterio and how they worked that angle. So definitely go out and see it. I think uh, you'll uh, you'll enjoy it. Excellent. Now, where would you rank this in, you know, in the pantheon of Spider-Man films? Oh, oh man. Um, I would say that it is, I would go Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man, this one, then Homecoming. Interesting. Okay. That's, that's where it sits for me. All right. Well, I'm definitely excited uh, to check out uh, the new Spider-Man film. And, and just to add one more thing, both the Homecoming and this one is very interesting, and it, it puts Spider-Man in such an environment that you're not used to seeing him. You're used to seeing him in New York, swinging across stuff. And with this one having it in Europe, and the first one where a lot of it took place in Queens, it's kind of it's, it's just interesting what marvel studios is doing with spider-man how it still feels like a spider-man movie yet kind of out of his normal environment all right all right so dropping into our number five is an animated film 
The Secret Life of Pets 2 came in with 137.5 million. Uh, now, this is the first off of this list that I have actually seen. I have a young child, and she was very excited to go see Secret Life of Pets 2. Have either of you guys seen this one yet? Yes, I have. Okay. Seth? I have not. No. <laughs> I want to. I think it looks so adorable. I can't wait to hear more from you guys to encourage me to, you know, convince my wife to see this. That's kind of how I often get to see certain movies. It's like, oh, I want to see that with you. Well, then let's go. Okay, well, come on now. I'm kind of, you know hamstrung by it until this happens so tell me more guys tell me more have, have, first off have you seen the first one uh i've only seen it when i've been at nieces and nephews so okay. i'm trying to get her to see the first one with me streaming so we can you know so i can hook her in for the second one now this one i thought i i really liked the way they did they structured this one it's essentially three separate stories that kind of converge uh, at the end i i really liked it um, some of the, some of the stories are better than others. Uh, I like that, uh, you know, cause they, with the whole thing that happened with, uh, Louis CK and they had to recast him. Uh, I really liked what Pat and Oswald brought to, uh, the character of Max. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's an animated film. It's, you know, it's kind of standard. It's not, it's nothing, uh, revolutionary, but for for what it was, I, I had a good time watching it. Uh, I, I thought it was uh, it, it was it was decent. I really I, I enjoyed it. What about you, Brad? Yeah, I agree with the structure. I liked what they did with that. Um, and I, I think one of the reasons why I went to see it to begin with is just the fact that Harrison Ford made his debut in an yeah. animated movie, and he played that so well. And that was that was just a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I, I loved him as uh, as the farm, the old farm dog. Yeah, that was, that was perfect great. character for him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, Joshua, if you don't mind, uh, could, could you go ahead and just give us a, a quick uh, recap or synopsis from your daughter? Because you mentioned you you have a young one to to go see the movie with. You know, what what was that sort of feedback like? Did you get any particular? Uh, um, details or expressions that we can sort of say hey from from the mouse of the young ones we've got also but oh yeah she she loved it she her favorite part was uh captain snowball who's the the bunny <laughs> yeah, who's uh, played by kevin hart yeah she she loved that part uh their whole story they're like off saving like a, a tiger uh so that was pretty cool um and my i i personally i liked uh, Gid- Gidget had her own story where she had to go and, and, and retrieve something uh, from a bunch of cats, and th- honestly, that one was one of my favorites. I-, I just thought it was really, really entertaining. I love uh, the the actress who's, who's I can't remember what her name is, but she was on Parks and Rec. Uh, she she played John Ralphio's sister on Parks and Rec. If you guys watch that, and she does the voice mm. of Gidget, and I mm. love uh, how she how the energy that she brings to that character. And uh, Lake Bell, who plays uh, the kind of like fat gray cat in the movie, uh, I, I just I, I love I just love the two of them and the way they kind of went off of each other uh, in their scenes together. So that was my personally my favorite uh, of the three. Brad, did you have a favorite uh, of the three uh, main stories? Yeah, I think that was my favorite too. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with, uh, you know, I could see them actually in the booth at the same time and separate, you know, being able to act off each other somehow. I, it seemed like it like it was that good, like that chemistry was there. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, so moving on to number four uh, is Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which actually did pretty well, $142.7 million uh, since it opened. Uh, I did get the chance to see this one. Uh, Guys, did either of you see this? I know that, uh, Seth, this was your your top pick, so uh, did you actually get a chance to go and see it? I have not yet, and I'm really disappointed (laughs) that I'm here saying that, man. Like, that was one of those ones that I was like, yeah, my wife thought it was hilarious. She has no concept of Pokemon other than, you know, what she would see from cartoons, nieces and nephews, friends with kids. So just seeing what she saw and her chuckling along, I was like, come on, you love Deadpool, you love Ryan Reynolds. Like, where's the, you know, where's the disconnect? And yeah, I'm still sort of just looking at my partner like, come on, man, because there's certain ones that I I feel she generally is just thinking to herself, I want to go too. I don't always want to pull the trigger, but if you go and see it and I miss this experience and you do and get to see it and I'm just sort of stuck, you know, with whatever you can tell me or I won't let you tell me because I don't want the spoilers. It just sort of messes up the whole dynamic for me, man. So g- give me as much as you can spoiler free. I'm, I'm sure those listening will appreciate that too. All right, Brad, what did you think of this one? I, I liked it. I, I liked how I, going into it, you know, I, I have a very rudimentary uh, knowledge of Pokemon. Uh, I don't, you know, I I played a little Pokemon Go and you know so I know a few names and a few designs from that. But what one thing I like about it is that I liked how they brought different Pokemon into it. Whether even if it was just walking down the street, how you could see certain ones here and there, and how yeah. they integrated that into the movie was kind of my favorite thing. And I kind of felt like if I was a huge Pokemon fan, I would have like it would have been my favorite movie ever. So yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I I also play. I played some Pokemon Go, but I I used to watch the old the animated series for like the original animated series back in the day with Ash and all them, and so that's like that's how I got into. It. I never played the card game or anything like that. Never traded any or collected any of that kind of stuff. But so like I had the basic knowledge of like the original 151 Pokemon that came, you know, that they released, um, and so being able to see a, a lot of them in this movie kind of just pop up here and there. Like you're just kind of sitting there. It's almost like, uh, like the world of Blade Runner, but with Pokemon just kind of dropped into it. <laughs> and it, it's kind of yeah. awesome to see them in this kind of like this, this kind of neon dingy world, just kind of out there. Uh, and, and no one's really making a big deal. It's just, they're kind of there. And Ryan Reynolds as uh, detective Pikachu was spot on. It's like, at first I was, I was a little bit worried at first because you know, he had just done Deadpool and everything, and, and, and I was worried that it would kind of be too much like that. But he really, he makes it his own, uh, and and I absolutely love uh, the chemistry between him and the main kid. And uh, I, I don't know, yeah, I really loved it. It's, it's one of my, it's in my top ten uh, for the year. I, I, I absolutely loved it. So you guys have any other thoughts on Detective Pikachu? Only that, you know, um, I'm really even more excited to see it now based on what I've heard from you guys, because it it felt like the next version of of that sort of great thing that we saw in things like Cool World or uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know, when you've got that that blend of cartoon and, and real life. And it's not supposed to be weird. It's supposed to be normal and you're supposed to buy in. And it it 
sometimes it fails. There's there's more than a few examples, you know, in the last 15 years where you're like, wow, that seems like a great concept. Why didn't it work? And this one looks like it's got all the elements and everything you're telling me is, hey, it does work. So I'm really, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing it even more, especially with what you mentioned about Ryan Reynolds, the idea that he was able to take the details of Pikachu and and make it, you know, funny, um, embrace all of his best strengths, it sounds like, but at the same time, you know, have all those details and qualities that separate it from what we've come to know him for and stuff like Deadpool. And that's yeah. that's got to be a really great experience to, like, get all that same energy. But somebody who's like, no, 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 no. Like the caffeine thing just from the preview side, like it was just hilarious. It doesn't sound like anything I remember from Deadpool, but it just seemed like so perfect for this little detective character. Like, yep, strung out. Just need more coffee. Just need more coffee. Just need more coffee. And I was like, oh, man, you can play that all over the place. High stress situations, whatever. So, um, you know, it sounds like they took that to all of its best places. And uh, I. I just can't wait for my buddy to get on board with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as you were talking about, you know, the the combination of live action animation, they did a fantastic job in this movie uh, making these these weird these weird creatures from the world of Pokemon look real, look like they fit in into this world. It was I honestly never thought it would be possible after you know watching the show. You kind of you wonder, oh, maybe would this ever be able to be done live action? And they did it, and it I, I love the way that they did that. Uh, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. So, all right. So we'll move on to our top three for the summer. Starting off with our number three, John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum, with one hundred and sixty-three point seven million dollars. The Third installment in the Amazing John Wick action franchise. Again, unfortunately, I have not seen this one. Uh, this, this is one of the top ones that I, I still have to go out and see. Have either of you had the chance to see John Wick Chapter 3? Yes, I have. Okay. And no, I have not. You're killing me, <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm frustrated, all right? This was another movie that she was supposed to be down for, Okay. <laughs> She, you know, we like the, we love the first one. The first one is probably the most heartbreaking with the puppy, but you know, such a great introduction. Thought the second one was so strong, and the third one looks so great. It had all this stuff that I'm looking at, like, yeah, we're doing this, right? Yeah, you know, it's out, so we're not doing this, not yet. <laughs> this What's is going this on? is the exact reason I go pretty much by myself to see movies yeah (laughs) well okay so her concern is that the ones i want to see are action and um you know comic book superhero are the the biggest ones for me and i don't know how this theory holds and anyone listening can tell me whether or not i'm you know i'm crazy or if they've experienced the same but her theory is that if i go there alone that the, the types of girls who like those will say oh what you doing here by yourself and that just creates this whole other silly thing. And I'm thinking to myself, I have seen hundreds of movies by myself. Never once has that happened. Maybe it's me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I need more <laughs> stories like that. Okay. Because I remember before I met her, that never happened. And I keep yeah. saying like, you know what? I don't remember someone coming up to me and going, hi, I see we like the same movie. Let's talk after that just didn't happen. I remember eating way too much popcorn feeling probably a little self-conscious and then going home and feeling a little bit, you know, stomach rumbly because I ate too much popcorn. That's about how the night went. But I I, I can't convince people of the things that they feel are concrete. So I'm hamstrung. It looked amazing. I'm 
all I can blame right now is streaming because we have seen some pretty cool stuff on on streaming and I'm glad that we've seen them. It's just like, you know, we 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 can go out. These these new movies look good. You like you like them. <laughs> so, you know, just go ahead and tell me what I'm missing. I can live with it. Sigh. All right, Brad. So what did you think of John Wick Chapter three? Yeah, I, I really liked it. That's the summer of Keanu Reeves. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, this this definitely, I think, puts John Wick up there with some of the best action heroes, the John McClane's and the, you know, um, uh, it's just, I mean, it is violent, you know, definitely go in and expecting, expecting violence. I, I saw it with my brother-in-law and <laughs> I he was kind of like, gobsmacked by how violent the whole thing was he was like wow <laughs> but um is it, it more violent than the other films you know i i don't really think so um okay. i mean you guys when you guys see it you can tell me whether i'm wrong or not, but i don't i don't i i don't think it really was um but man the it's just they have to be seen to be believed and i i really think that you guys should try to see it in the theater i think um I think that's the place to actually experience the John Wick movies. I'm going to try, man. Yeah, I don't know how much longer, if it's even still out. I don't know how much yeah, I was going to say, the clock is ticking. Yeah, but, since uh, it came out but, back in May, middle of May. So. Yeah. yeah. All right, so our number two is Toy Story 4 with $284.1 million. I did get the chance to go and see this. Uh, how about you guys? I did. Okay, I think you know my answer by now. (laughs) I'm just going to be an embarrassment. Hopefully I can catch up by the end of the summer. Please have hope for me. (laughs) I'm interested to hear what uh, uh, your top for the overall uh, year so far have been to see what kind of films you have seen. So, uh, Brad, we'll start with you. Uh, How did you like Toy Story 4? You you can't go wrong uh, with Pixar movies generally, and you really can't go wrong with Toy Story movies. you know, it, it had the heart and those emotional moments that you expect, and it was funny in the right places. Uh, once again, Keanu Reeves was pretty good as uh, Duke Kaboom. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely, and I like, re- I really enjoyed Bo Peep in this uh, in this one too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was just, yeah, yeah. Go see it. Yeah, I I really enjoyed. Uh, okay, so to preface all this. As I said, I have a daughter, and when she discovered the Toy Story movies, we watched all three films plus all the short films every single day for about two months straight. So I very <laughs> intimate detail. I'm very intimate with these films. Like, I know them very well. Uh, and so when I found out that they were doing a Toy Story 4 uh, you know, with Bonnie and, and all her toys and everything, I was actually really excited uh, because – I, you know, all the short films that they did were all set after Toy Story 3. So I had already had stories that were told after the, the finale of, of Toy Story 3. So I wasn't someone who was uh, you know, beholden to that, the fact that it had to, you know, that was the finale and it was perfect and all that stuff. And it was for that trilogy of films. Um, but I, with these short films, it allowed me to be ready to accept Bonnie as the next uh, stage of this of this franchise and getting in there and seeing everything uh that they did 
uh, with her and with her toys and everything. I really liked what they did. Um, I don't think it quite lived up to, uh, like, say, parts one and three of the original trilogy. I did like it more than part two. Uh, but, you know, it, it's still it's, it's, a, it's a great addition to this franchise. Um, I love uh, how they uh, they go back and they kind of explain everything that happened with Bo Peep. Because that was one thing in the original trilogy that you don't know. You just know that she's gone. You don't actually know what happened. And they go in and they actually tell you what happened. And, and that actually caught, like, I teared up during that. Uh, and that's at the beginning of the film. Um, and, you know, and there, there's a lot of a lot of humor in this one, I think, more so than, than the other ones. I think I laughed more in this movie than any of the other Toy Story films. So, uh, yeah, definitely, if you're a fan of this franchise, definitely go and see it. Does that have any other thoughts? Sounds like a great recommendation, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way you guys make it sound, it, it sounds like a lot of fun. So I, I'm really pleased. All right. And so in going into our final film for the top 10 so far this summer is Aladdin. The, the new Disney remake, the live action version, came in with $315.7 million. It just blew the roof off it. Uh, people did not expect it to do this well. I did not think it was going to do this well. Uh, I did go and get a chance to go and see this one. Uh, did Brad, did you go and see this? I'm going to assume, Seth, that you did not. <laughs> I did not. Good I assumption. Did, I... Good assumption. <laughs> yeah, I, I did see it. Okay. Uh, so what did you think of Aladdin? I, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I, I do think... I don't think Will Smith was as charismatic in parts as Robin Williams was. I, and that's a hard, you know, that's yeah. a big shoes to fill. Yeah, so I was going to say, I, I think that, that was a difficult movie. thing to live up to, so. Yeah, but in those, in the more, uh, for lack of a better word, human moments, Will Smith, like, captured some really good looks on his face, and those parts was where he shined. Uh, as the genie so despite those little his little missteps here and there i think overall it was uh, it was pretty good and I, I don't think i'll ever forget this um like right before the movie was over i heard i heard a little boy behind me uh, lean over to his mom and say oh i love this movie so much <laughs> and oh, i was oh. like yep you got the you you got the kids you know that's yeah. it's gonna be huge <laughs> when i heard that i was like yeah this movie's gonna do gangbusters yeah, what I oh, love about moment. it is I, I love that they kept enough of the story, you know, the majority of the original animated film, uh, the same, but they changed some things just enough to, in my opinion, make certain things better. Uh, like they changed the relationship between Jafar and uh, Jasmine a little bit around, so he's not like this creepy uh, pedophile essentially anymore, trying to 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 get with yeah. this young teenage girl anymore and i liked that uh that they kind of switched that up he was still menacing he still had his same goal of taking over but they just they kind of left that part out and and i and i yeah. like that and i think you cleared something up in my mind just like seth did before um that was one thing that kind of struck me is how young jafar seemed and i thought I, i'm yeah. surprised they didn't get an older actor but you're bringing that up in mind it's like yeah that's that's probably exactly why yeah, I mean, they could have had an older actor and done the same because they didn't go yeah. that that kind of chasing after her route. But I like what he brought to it. He wasn't as like scary, 
menacing as as uh, the character from the animated film. But uh, you know, he he I like that uh, he kind of brought his own kind of swarminess to it, um, and, and and he was still a threat. You could tell, you know, he was he he, he was sneaky and conniving, and and, and instead of uh, as as kind of forefront as as he was in the animated film. And the the actor who played Aladdin, I just thought was spot on. I thought him, uh, I think his name is uh, Mina Masood or something. I think that's uh, probably butchering his name to be honest with you. And uh, and Naomi Scott who played Jasmine, I thought they were perfect yeah. for, for yeah. the roles. Um, and their the, their ability to sing was was fantastic. I don't know. I just I loved all that stuff. Um, but one thing I didn't like, I don't know if you noticed this, Brad, at the beginning. And at the end, they had these like dance numbers, and they sped up. They Guy Ritchie uses this weird technique where he kind of speeds up the 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 can like the the video or whatever, uh, and it makes it look kind of jumpy. But it's supposed to it's 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 a weird technique. But I don't <laughs> I personally I don't think he does it very well, and it just <laughs> makes it look odd and choppy. Instead of making things kind of look sped up and, and kind of quick, you know, I I didn't notice that, but now I kind of want to go and rewatch those to see see if I notice it because now I probably now that it would be in the forefront of my mind, I would probably pick up on that. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, pretty that wraps up our top ten. So what I want to do now is kind of go over the uh, points board and see where we all stand right now. <laughs> Oh, the All moment right. of truth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That wasn't menacing at all, you two. What the hell? <laughs> so, coming Man, in, like chum. <laughs> coming in at number three with a total of 35 points, Mr. Seth Singleton. Booyah. <laughs> Knock it in. Hello, three, five. Go ahead. What do you got? Huh? Top it. Now, I now, you, I now, be aware that uh, there are still several picks that have not come up yet because we're only halfway through the summer. So, you know, these scores you know, will change, especially with movies like Lion King and stuff like that and, and uh, Fast and Furious and whatnot coming out. But, uh, yeah, right now, this is where we are. 35 points for Seth. Uh, I am coming in at number two with 60 points. So this quite a gap there at the moment big gap (laughs) i and i think a lot of that has to just do with uh you know like you you chose some odd placements i think for some stuff and that's really where it came in um like uh me and brad got real close on a few of them at least as of so far uh got got real close on a few of them so the points happen to go up there uh, so then, uh, you know, obviously that means that coming in at number one is Brad with 62 points. Only a two-point <laughs> difference there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he got a, a couple of, uh, couple of like real close, a couple of on on the nose ones. Uh, see Godzilla at the moment. He has uh, right on the nose. Toy Story has right on the nose. So uh, he did a real good job there. So I'm excited to see uh, what all goes down uh, for the rest of the summer. Uh, what do you guys think of these points? <laughs> I'm not surprised by mine at all. Um, you know, I had my reservations about 
you know, certain films, uh, especially uh, Aladdin. Um, yeah. I definitely misplaced Rocket Man because at the time, if you listen to that first recording and go back, listen to that first recording because there's some fun stuff in there just of its own quality. But if you want to hear me sound like just a completely clueless person, listen to me bumble through my recognition of the fact that this wasn't a remake of The Rocketeer that I hadn't heard about, <laughs> but this was Rocket Man about Elton John. And that's how completely clueless I was. All right. So, you know, just moments like that really expose my lack of either a preparation to world pop culture, cinematic knowledge or C, all sorts of other problems. Uh, so <laughs> that that being fully said, you know. I am aware that I do have a, a couple of potentials that, that could make me look mildly more respectable come the end of all this. And I'm still banking on one or two of my, you know, long shots out there. What about you, Brad? I, I think that my saving grace is that I banked pretty hard on the fact that the, that Aladdin was going to do good. Uh, and that, I think that paid off for me. <laughs> but yeah. Seth, I think you're absolutely right, because from what I recall, I forgot to put Hobbs and Shaw on my list. Which is gonna, which is gonna knock me down a few pegs, I'm sure, by the time the summer's over. <laughs> I'm hoping, man. That. I'm hoping. Just keep me within shooting <laughs> distance or shouting. I don't care. So, were there any surprises for you guys uh, out of these top ten so far? Uh, not for me. Um, at this point in the summer, I would be very surprised if at the end of the summer. Uh, Dark Phoenix is on the list. Um, yeah. So right now I'm, I'm thinking things are where they where I expected them to be. Okay. What were you saying? I'm I'm a little surprised that Dark Phoenix made the top ten. To be honest, I had yeah. not heard a lot of positive reports about it. So to hear and, that it was in the mix, the the number yeah. eleven was like twenty million away from it. So it was a good gap too between the number ten and the number eleven spot. Can I can I just ask what was eleven? Number 11 was uh, Ma, the horror movie with Octavia uh, huh? uh, Spencer. Really? Huh? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That, that tells me that there's still a lot to happen this summer. Because yeah. I, I didn't see that as, as really even cracking anywhere. And if it was only $20 million away from making the top 10, that would have just really put everything into a, a stew. Yeah, and, and, and the new Annabelle was like literally right behind it. It was like a million and a half less. So like 43. Ma was 44. Yeah. You know, so and and, they, and that hasn't been out that long yet either, so that yeah. might have have some legs. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not on. as familiar with the horror genre of of that you know of that franchise, so uh, that one was really hard for me to sort of even imagine being as close as well. Um, huh? Yeah, that's interesting, man. You gave me some stuff to think about about that now. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. So, are there any that you're looking really looking forward to in the back half of the summer? Ooh, Brad, I'll let you go first on this one. <laughs> I, you know, the more I see of Hobbs and Shaw, the more fun it looks. Um, so, I'm kind of looking, kind of looking forward to that. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's a big one. And Lion King, you know, well, I'm sure Lion King is going to uh, is going to be good as well. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, you know, the way you guys had talked about it during our first episode, you know, when we first did this and everything, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'm looking forward to. I'm actually going to be starting yeah. a uh, Quentin Tarantino watch through where I watch through all of his directorial films uh, leading up to this one. Uh, yeah, that was I've only seen, I think, like half yeah. of, you know, of his of his movies. So 
I really want. Oh wow, that sounds pretty cool. I, really want I just want to. Yeah, that would definitely be one for me too. And and Death Proof, I think, is one of his most underrated movies. Yeah, that's so one, you, one of the ones it, that I've actually seen. Okay. Yeah. And I think for me, the other one, yeah, I think Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw was good, but Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is one that I've been waiting for for a while, and I've really been interested by by the trailers. So, and I'm a big horror guy, so I, I think that's what that in the kitchen. Uh, that's another one that I'm really looking forward to as well. Yeah, I think those come out on the same day. So, Yeah, you're right. Look, I, I, I think I did see that. I'm intrigued by The Kitchen. That that preview really sort of, you know, that got me. That first trailer I saw for it really just kind of made my eyes pop open and go, oh, yeah? All right. Mm-hmm. I, all right. You got my attention. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look for the next one because I'm, I'm really intrigued. Um, I'm curious to see just through the competition how uh, how Hobbs and Shaw is going to turn out um, when it comes to uh, any others, you know, for the summer uh, Lion King and and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are both ones that would be really interesting to check out because the Lion King, it, it's going to have to answer a lot of questions for me that that I was asking about it and also Aladdin, you know, can you make that that beautiful animated movie that I you know, came to love, even as someone who was supposed to be too old for those movies. Um, and and can you hit all of those points that I'm looking for in a way that makes it feel like you guys made Aladdin sound, you know, like a modern version that also has, um, you know, all of the best elements that you remember from the story you first kind of fell in love with. So uh, and then with T- Tarantino, there's just something about the way that the, the set of previews I've seen for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it just makes me think that that's only part of the story and that there's so many little elements that you know yeah. he's going to put the twists in. You know, right. like, exactly. I swear to God, when it comes to the Brad Pitt, uh, you know, knocking out Bruce Lee, all I can think of to myself is yeah. that was in his head, like when he's all coked up or something. And that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that's that later that's... he's going to be like, you know, drunk in a bar and going like, yeah, yeah I never actually knocked out Bruce Lee. That was his body double. Or <laughs> yeah. That's what That's I think I love say. about those trailers the most, too, is that I can't tell what the story is really going to be. I yeah. know it's going to involve the, the, you know, Charles Manson and a stuntman and a movie star and Sharon Tate. And, you know, looking at like Inglorious Bastards and what that movie turned out to be at the end makes me wonder what's going to happen you know i can't yeah i really (laughs) and and speaking of stuntman i'm really curious if kurt russell is playing the same stuntman or if he's like a relative of that stuntman from death proof you know (laughs) he likes likes to tie his stuff together in in weird ways so like maybe stuntman mike's been doing stuff for a long time or maybe it's like his dad or or something weird like that. I don't know. <laughs> I hope he. T- I was thinking that same thing. I hope they tie yeah. that together somehow. Yeah. That'd be great. Just a little I mean, Tarantino verse, you know, humor. It, it seems like too much of a coincidence that he's playing another right. stuntman in a Tarantino flick. So, you know, I, I feel like it's got to be some sort of tie. So, all right. So that does it for the summer film challenge portion. I'd like to now kind of go into our just top films. Uh, for the so far, this first half of 2019, we're going to do our top three uh, for 2019 so far. Uh, so we're going to start with Brad. Brad, what are your top three so far for 2019? Uh, my top three, uh, Shazam, uh, Us, 
and Avengers Endgame. Those are my top three right. right now. Yeah. So far, Avengers is the only one in mind, but uh, all three of those are in my top ten. Great picks. Uh, Shazam, I was so surprised by how good that movie ended up being. I I was thrilled. It's one of my favorite DC films uh, out of all. Not just DCEU, it's one of my favorite DC films. Um, And Us was just, it was so crazy. I loved Get Out, so getting Jordan Peele to come back and do another uh, horror flick. This one, it, it really unsettling. And I really loved how it, uh, it just how, stuck how, with how me for days. Out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Afterwards, and, I kept kept going back and thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, Endgame. I mean, I, I feel like people have talked about Endgame forever and uh, you know, how good it is. And I don't know how much more I can really say about just how good that film really is. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so Seth, we're gonna move on. How? What about you? What are your top three? Well, the top three are the three that I was able to see so far. <laughs> All right. Let's see what I, it is. <laughs> and those three would be the, the three superhero movies that I, I absolutely I had to see, you know, that I was willing to just, you know, make this. So when are we seeing this? When are we seeing this? We're going to see this. Um, and to go ahead and, you know, give them any sort of order, I think is a disservice, maybe, unless you want me to rank them. But uh when it comes to those three, it was uh, Avengers Endgame, it was Captain Marvel, and it was Shazam. Um, and I loved all three. I, I thought they did everything I wanted each each story to do, each version to do. Shazam surprised me. You know, I had hope, <laughs> and then it just sort of, it just gave me that and so much more. It, it actually gave me a lot more than hope. It just gave me this sense of... You know, I've got another story here where the actor and the team involved, they, they know what it is that they're all trying to do. They believe in it and, and they're giving it to us. And, and I thought it was so well done. Um, I thought Captain Marvel had so many challenges to live up to that in order for it to make them, it was just going to have to want that same way. And I was really impressed with the way um, it met the challenge. And then Endgame, it, it gave me the ending I wanted. You know, it gave me that sort of, okay, I'm ready to move on from this first chapter of everything that Marvel has shown us so far and uh, to see where these characters take us on the next step. Um, Each one did everything I was asking for. So I was really thankful that of of the three that I was able to see that they were such great experiences for me and, and ones that I can, you know, say, hey, if I made it to the movie three times so far this year, these were the ones that I saw and they made every second worth it. All right. Yeah. And for me, my number three wound up being Avengers Endgame. Uh, my number two was uh, a little film that did not get nearly enough love, Booksmart. And my oh, number yeah. one, which I saw early in the year and nothing has been able to surpass it for me, was How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, the uh, f- conclusion to that franchise. I absolutely love that film, uh, every single bit of it. It's one of my favorite franchises. And uh, there, there was not a single thing that I did not like about uh, the, the recent How to Train Your Dragon. And uh, Booksmart, if you guys haven't seen that, go and see it. It is a, such an amazing yeah. film. It's yeah, Olivia that, Wilde's uh, directorial debut. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Brad. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, both Booksmart and Captain Marvel, I kind of tossed into putting in the top three, and they almost made the cut. So yeah. Booksmart was really good. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. Uh, I've seen it a couple of times, and and both times it's just it, it's like it's like super bad, 
but better, in my opinion. Like, I loved Superman <laughs> when it came out. But this one, it had more heart, more depth to the story. Uh, and and these, these, these two actresses, they're just fantastic. And I, I don't know, I, I absolutely loved it. It really, it really spoke to me. The fact that, because Endgame was my number two under, under How to Train Your Dragon, and the fact that Booksmart was able to uh, supersede that, it really says a lot about the film, you know, for me. So, and like yeah, I said about you know, Endgame, you know, what what else can you say? You know, it wrapped up over over a decade of amazing story uh, in such an amazing way. Uh, I just I, I absolutely love Endgame as well. So, so yeah. Uh, did you guys have any uh, honorable mentions? Uh, I know I for me I wanted to throw out uh, Brightburn. The James Gunn produced kind of yeah. like Superman uh, horror spinoff kind of the thing, uh, which I loved. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I don't think it got nearly enough love as well. Uh, but Brightburn was a good one for me. That was that was an honorable mention for me too. That was definitely one that was in contention. Uh, I, I felt like I after seeing that movie, I felt like I needed a shower. <laughs> like it was like <laughs> such a such an, you know, the Superman myth is such a great up like apple pie america great origin story and to see it twisted so much i was like wow <laughs> that's just yeah it, it messed with yeah. my mind a little bit but yeah brightburn was also very underrated yeah another one for me was the netflix film uh, ex- uh was extremely wicked shockingly vile and evil it was the ted bundy film with uh zach efron that that movie was so good if you guys haven't checked that out if you got netflix Hop on there and 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 go watch that one. I was so shocked by how good that one was. Yeah, I liked it too. My problem though is that I didn't watch it in one sitting. Oh, I, okay. I because I had because it was I you know with Netflix you can download things, so I had it downloaded and in my commute back and forth I would watch it and it was good, but I, I it didn't make my list just because like I said I was kind of like a little bit distracted because I didn't watch it all in one sitting. Yeah. But I did. I did. <clears> like it. Yeah. Yeah, so Seth, if, if if you got Netflix, I highly recommend checking that one out. I do. I'm really intrigued. Um, you know, that that was one of those stories that seemed to be all over the news as I was growing up. Um, and he was just one of those uh, personas that, you know, just seemed to capture the attention of the entire country, if not the world, it seems. Um, and also, um, to to an interesting note, my wife is a huge fan of true crime. Um, okay. she's, you know, she, she's read so many different books by a lot of, you know, really popular true crime authors. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is something that I could get her on board with. So I would be really excited to, to see what her response is to checking that out. And based on your guys' observations, it, it sounds like it's a, a pretty, pretty chilling, but, you know, deservedly so experience. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like you, you almost root for him. You know, he's got such charisma you know, in this movie that you almost root for this guy, knowing just how evil he truly is. You almost forget at times, you know, that he's doing these things. And it's 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 incredible the way he was that Zac Efron was able to to pull that off. So definitely, definitely check that out. And if you are going to watch it, I'd recommend the Bundy tapes before. So you have a sense of the story. Yeah. Or oh. after, I don't know, whichever, whichever you feel, but definitely check out both. Really? Yeah. Okay, Bundy tapes it is. I'll keep that in mind. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. Good, good recommendations. All right, so that wraps up this uh, 
uh, update, this mid-summer update for the Mercury <laughs> Movie Blog Summer Film Challenge 2019. Uh, I'm really excited to see where everything lands at the end of the summer. we got a couple of months left, and uh, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully uh, some of these movies will move up, and maybe, maybe Seth will get the chance to, to see a few more and move up in the ranks as well. It's not over yet, man. I'm still in this. Don't call it a comeback, all right? I've been here since the beginning. <laughs> I don't know. Those are all the tropes I've got to spit out. Maybe a few, maybe a few of these, uh, these movies that you've missed so far. We'll be on Redbox by the time the, the end of the summer comes out. Man, I'm, I'm hoping something because uh, <laughs> there's a few of these. I mean, when it, when it came to like Get Out and a few others where I just sort of looked at my wife and said, I love you, but, you know, it's available in my house. I'm watching this, you know, and I, I finally, <laughs> you know, was able to just sort of go, hey, I'm going to get down on these. So, yeah, if a few of these are, are accessible for me. I, I, I plan on taking full advantage of that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And and if I'm going to leave you with one film to not watch for this summer, Uh-oh. don't bother to go watch Ugly Dolls because it was not a good movie. <laughs> That's wow. why I have not seen, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. So, thank you. For that. To, to, to me, I mean, it wasn't as bad as like the Emoji movie from uh, was it, a year or two ago, <laughs> okay. but it was not a good movie. It's, it's one of these animated movies that all it really is is a vehicle for musicians to sing. Yeah. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yep. I kind of got it's, that sense from the They don't debut. they're not really all that good actors and all the, really all they're doing is is coming in, singing, singing a few lines and and that's pretty much it. Yeah, so. That, that sounds good. pretty frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My daughter good. enjoyed it, but she's 4 years old, so I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Hasn't fully developed her taste. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it's colorful and they sing. She's in. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that wraps everything up. Uh, I am Josh the Merc Rayner, and you have been listening to the Summer Film Challenge 2019. I'd like to thank my guests, Seth and Brad, for joining me. Uh, where can they find you guys? Seth, well, where can they find you on the Internet? Well, you can find me writing reviews uh, for DC Comics News. You can also find me on the DC Comics News podcast, and I'm also the host of the Spinner Rack. I pick my top five comics for DC Comics. Uh, If you like stories, you can listen to my podcast, Storytelling with Seth, or check out my website with a very similar name. Just type in my name and story or storytelling and just come find me. Your favorite platform, I'm out there. Say hi. All right, and Brad, where can I find you? You can also find me on DC Comics News, writing news and uh, reviews, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter, FlickyB1, F-I-L-I-C-K-Y-B, the number one. And yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. And you can follow uh, Merck with Movie Blog on uh, all the major social network platforms on uh, Facebook and YouTube at Merck with Movie Blog, and on Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merck. So make sure you uh, head over also to the podcast network. It's Merc with the Movie Blog on all the major podcast platforms. We've got Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all of them out there. Uh, Also on SoundCloud. So head on over to those, whichever one you like the best. Hit that subscribe button, rate, review, do whatever it is uh, that you need to do to get in touch with us. Uh, Again, I am Josh the Merc Rayner, and thank you once again for joining us for the Summer Film Challenge. We will see you at the end of the summer for our wrap-up, and keep on watching movies. See you later.